Here. McKinney? Ramos? Here. Skidmore? Here. Revere? Wood? Here. Coughlin? Here. Great, we have a quorum. So let's go through the usual process of taking a moment to reflect upon the agenda and deciding which items we would like separation. And whoever is ready to go first, please Nine do. And 9 and 22. I don't know how I managed to. 9 and 22, it's for starters. What else? 5, 16, and 17. 5, 16, and 17. Anything else? Going once, going twice. At this time, I'll take a motion to suspend the rules to adopt a consent agenda, which would be to hang on, everybody. I agree. <laughs> and they are? Related items 16 and 17 and 22, please. As we were saying, we will. They're all covered? Some of them, yes. Take a suspension to take Move up. Sus yeah, go, ahead. go ahead, please. Move suspension of the rules and with the consent agenda or to adopt one, item 1, 2, 4, 6, 7, 8, 10, 11, Wait. 12 through 15. You said 1, 1, 2, 4. Through four? One, through. two, four, six through eight, ten through fifteen, eighteen through twenty-one. Motion to suspend. Not debatable. Second. All those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. Now the motion to adopt the ones we're going to adopt, please. So adopt items number one, two, four, six through eight. 10 through 15, 18 through 21. Is there a second? Second. Discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. So that takes us to item number, pardon? Five. Three. Three, three. Uh, motion on three, please. Move adoption. Is there a second? Second. Motion and a second on three. Discussion? Discussion? I don't think anybody wanted to pull three, so we'll just... Oh. No, five. <laughs> five. I thought that's what Mike yeah. said. No. Well, in any case... I had three items. I listed the three. You said said three. I said three, oh, items. three items. 16, 17, <laughs> and... On three. All those two. in favor, aye? Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. I was just being very accommodating. That takes us... I don't have anything for Christy. <laughs> that takes us to five. Is there a motion? Move adoption. Is there a second? Second. Discussion? <coughs> yes. Thank you, Mayor. I had a question, probably for Christy. Um, just wondering what the status of the Johnson Street project is, if we're transferring funding from that project for this one. Oh, sure. Um, so East Johnson Street... Uh, I believe has started. Um, MGE and Alder Zellers and I met out there like a month ago, but uh, the um, needed funds is a lot less. I think there's actually a, probably uh, hundreds of thousands, if not maybe even a million dollars, of uh, funds that are not needed for that project that we had set aside for it. So how? 
Do you have any sense of why we were so far off in our estimate? Um, we're only doing one block, uh, the, the 900 block of East Johnson, not both the 800 and 900 blocks. And uh, we are no longer doing a complete undergrounding project. It's a partial undergrounding, which means that the poles will remain and the transformers are going to stay uh, above, um, so it's uh, less expensive. And we um, generally do uh, try to estimate high on those so that we always come in below. Okay. Thank you. Yep. Further questions or discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. That takes us to item number nine. Is there a motion, please? Move adoption. There is a motion and a second. Second. Motion to second. Discussion. So I just pulled this because I wondered if there was more information. It seemed to me we passed a policy, and then so what we missed in the policy making was adding this language to the ordinance. And then if there, were, I don't see anybody from who might know, maybe then other than the city attorney is paying attention. Finance like director. what? Actually, or the finance director. What? Like where we're at? Kind of just an update on this new mo mode we're in. So, city attorney may can add to this, but uh, the purpose of this ordinance change is to um, bring up into conformance and conformity with what was in the recently adopted state budget, which established a, in effect, a statewide registration system for places like Airbnb and VRBO and things like that, which are called these lodging marketplaces or these platforms. And so these entities are now required to register with the state as well as register with local governments that may levy a, um, a room tax. And then those entities are then required to um, pass on the uh, room tax for uh, those um, individuals who uh, use their platform to um, uh, to use uh, transient uh, rooming houses and things like that. Mm -hmm. Further discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. That takes us to item 16. Motion? Move adoption. Is there a second? Second. Motion and second. Discussion. Where would you like to start? Mayor, I was just going to suggest 17 as a sister resolution. We could take mm -hmm. them together. Yeah, I'll take questions on both. But where would you like to start? Well, I have questions. I don't know if anyone else did. Alderman Revere, you were Wayne. several people who requested uh, like Wayne, item. Wayne's representing. Okay, while, while we're waiting, come on up. But, but why don't you move item number 17. 17. Okay, is there any objection to combining the two in the same motion? Seeing none, we'll take 16 and 17 together. Alderman Revere. Thank you, Mayor. Uh, hi, Wayne. My main question is, could you give the Finance Committee, please, an update on where things are at? I obviously read this. These are routine resolutions, but this year, more than ever, it's uh, of utmost importance. And I, and I guess I never realized when the family cap, um, or family care, rather, implementation would be fully implemented in Dane County, and, and particularly resolution number 16, uh, you know, gives hope that it looks like it's mid-year. Am I reading that correctly? So could you just give us an, an update on the timeline for for when these changes might affect? I'm not sure that there's still any definite timeline as to when the changes are going to take effect as far as the state is concerned and the, the um, managed care organizations, but 
the county in their budget that they passed agreed that they would um, pass along MA waiver revenue for the first quarter of 2018. And uh, that's what the $752,000 is. And um, I don't know if they have some pipeline where they know that it's going to, that family care will take full implementation uh, after the first quarter, or if that was just an estimate on their part, just like at first when we submitted our budget, we estimated that it would take place January 1st. So this amendment is just to take into consideration that we are going to get that money. The county is budgeting to give us that quarter's worth of funding for MA waiver rides. And at the time of the executive budget preparation, and similarly a couple, few weeks ago at our budget hearings, we didn't have that news from the I county. Don't know when we, I don't know when the uh, county budget was provided. I don't know if we had that in time for the executive budget discussion or not. It was recently, but I, I don't know the precisely d the dates that it came out. So I noted then in the fiscal note that it um, makes clear that we'll be seeing a budget amendment a week from from tonight at the Common Council budget meeting. Could you or finance staff go into more detail as to exactly what that amendment will be? Um, the amendment for obtaining the financing? Correct. Does it simply does it simply you, acknowledge give a, the? Give me a hand with what that amendment. The resolution, okay, it's just there will be nothing additional than what's in this current resolution. So the amendment will show the revenue, the commensurate revenue that is anticipated through these two resolutions, um, and the expenditures will be budgeted as a purchase service to continue paratransit at the current level. And so it will, it will, we're assuming, I guess anyone can answer this, that it's just one quarter, so the earliest the implementation of the you know, somewhat drastic changes for people with disabilities would would be April 1st? Um, I'm not certain that we there's, would know there's what another, time. There's other timelines for when this this uh, the menu of changes will occur, and I don't know the precise dates. I know that um, I know that some of them go into um, September, but I did not come prepared with exactly what at this point we are anticipating the changes are going, when the changes are going to occur. And the TPC is continuing yes. discussion this they week. They had their um, public hearing on it at their last meeting, and they'll be discussing it this week. So we'll know more after their meeting on Wednesday. Do you, we'll see. Is the commission? Do you expect the commission to take action? I don't think they're taking action on it. No. Just continuing the discussion. Yes. Okay. Thank you, Wayne. Further questions? Just one follow-up question. Thank you for that. I wondered if you could provide an update on how the negotiations are going with the family care managed care organizations, potentially. I haven't been part to those. I've been hearing um, uh, reports from uh, Chuck and and uh, Crystal. The that they've been actually going quite well with the, uh, not the managed care organizations, but there's the I, irises. Mm -hmm. And apparently they have been coming to discuss because they seem more concerned about the <coughs> implementation 
than the managed care organizations are, at least the last I had heard. So I don't know precisely where they're at in those discussions. It's um, that you know, there's there's a number of organizations that they're talking with, and I don't know if they're talking to them as a group or. I, I wish I had more information, but I'm just I wasn't I'm not part of that discussion. Thanks. Sorry. Further questions? If if and when we hear something, we will let you know. Uh, obviously, we're all very anxious about the outcome, and we will not wait for a formal meeting, but we'll get out a report as soon as we hear anything. Thank you. Thank you. For the discussion on 16 and 17, seeing none, all those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. Uh, that will take us to item 22. Motion 20. Move adoption. Motion. Is there a second? Second. Motion and a second. Yes. I guess I was the first one to pull this, so I just wanted kind of an overview of how it went, and I guess if I have some follow-up questions. Sure. <clears throat> um, so in this homeless services RFP, we had about $770,000 available. This is, this is this was not a business as, as usual RFP. First of all, we um, engaged um, in community conversations a lot as we were developing the community plan to end prevent and end homelessness in the last couple years. Um, CDD staff um, engaged with the community providers, advocates to um, talk about the need for system change, how to really make um, um, ending homelessness possible in our community. So it was not a surprise when I, uh, when we set out the RFP and it um, uh, it talked a lot about the system change. We also adopted the FCI study um, recommendation and introduced a concept paper phase where um, organizations um, sent us a one-pager concept papers and um, staff was able to provide comments um, and feedback so that they can develop um, the proposals more fully um, through our intention. Um, thirdly, we provided um, a lot of clarification on what our um, strategies should be and what the CDD's target outcome um, outcomes are, performance outcomes. As a result, we received 24 applications from 12 organizations, and five of them were not currently um, CDD funded through the Homeless um, Services Funding. Most proposals were very strong, and we had to make um, difficult decisions, but we did that based on the um, priorities set in the RFP. We're very excited about the um, recommendation. It includes proposals that um, fills critical um, gap in our crisis response system, such as diversion um, and increased rapid rehousing for singles. It implements some new successful models implemented in other communities, but our communities has not had a chance to test it out, um, such as move-up strategy, which um, frees up the resource in the permanent supportive housing, which is expensive. Um, for new families or individuals. Um, it also includes a big system change items like um, porch lights, um, case management um, proposal includes um, 
over 100 scattered site units being included in our coordinate entry system, which was previously not part of it. Um, also, it uh, more than doubled our investment in the ending homeless activities, which CDD, um, it was one of the big CDD's intention in, our, um, in this RFP. I guess my follow-up question is, is there a B list and can you share that with us? Before I, <clears throat> excuse me, before I respond to that question directly, I just want to point out, um, Sarah mentioned that there was about $770,000 made available through this RFP process. That did not include about $370,000 of additional resources that the city commits to homeless services um, in the form of $170,000 for street outreach. That was money made available newly in 2017. Um, that was allocated through a previous RFP process this year. It did not include the um, 110 and perhaps $150,000 that is earmarked for ongoing support for the Beacon, um, the Daytime uh, Resource Center for Homeless Persons. It, it did not include $50,000 that was newly appropriated in 2017 to support um, rental housing services, a good a good deal of which is uh, being used toward eviction prevention. Um, so that said, um, there are a number of proposals that that we would look to that were sort of the last cut um, that would populate a B list um, if additional funds were available. And they, they are um, dominated by requests for additional case management staff at our um, shelters. Both the Salvation Army and Porchlight had requested um, funding beyond what we had the ability to provide, um, to provide um, a higher level of, of case management services. Um, uh, at the, uh, in the case of the Salvation Army at the single women's shelter, in the case of Porchlight at the men's shelter. Um, we also um, chose not to provide funding to Tellurian um, for a modest amount of funding, about $13,000. That is currently used uh, by Tellurian to match a state grant. Um, we thought that it was likely that it, um, a, a different source of funding could be found for that, um, but it was one of the, the last cuts that we made. So. Um, <clears throat> those proposals would would approach the hundred thousand dollar mark in additional spending, and that's kind of where we drew our line. So there was an additional one hundred thousand dollars worth of requests that were not able to be met. Is that what you're saying? Um, in in two cases, in the the shelter um, case management staff, there were requests that we could not fully meet, and in the case of the the Tellurian, uh, the request for match funds for the PATH program, state program, um, it was a request that we chose not to um, So can to you provide to. elders with that, that B list so that we know what other requests are out there? Certainly. 
I mean, there were many, many proposals. I don't know that we funded any proposals fully, um, so we made cuts to all of them. But, but um, if the question was put to us, um, how might we spend the next one hundred thousand um, dollars? The response that I gave would answer that question. Okay, I would like to hear the answer to that question that I get, they'll ask now. <laughs> how would you spend it? Um, I guess the one, the other thing is you kind of alluded to it that nobody got the full amount they asked for, and is that kind of like the thousand cuts approach to funding? And what was the the rationale for kind of doing that to everybody? Well, the the primary rationale is is the challenge that comes with trying to put twenty pounds of potatoes into a ten pound bag. Um, the fact that this program, like just about all of of our programs, are are is oversubscribed. Um, we made a point of checking in with each agency that we uh, chose to fund at a reduced level and, and specifically asked uh, whether they would be able to provide services at that reduced level. In most cases, um, it meant that the number of people that could be served would be reduced, um, but in, in, each of, um, in each of the recommended funding amounts, uh, we've received confirmation from agencies that um, the, the funds would be useful. They'd be able to provide the services uh, that were proposed. Thank Do you want to you. add anything to that, Sarah? There was, well, I just wanted one thing um, generically, which is uh, as tough as it is in our region to address the needs of the homeless, when you look at some of the reports that came out today about the situation, in other parts of the country. Um, we seem to be doing better, and we seem to uh, have figured out systems that work. And what we're getting at here is the amount of the funding. In other words, if we had more funding, uh, we can probably uh, make significant inroads in terms of ending homelessness, chronic homelessness uh, in particular. Uh, but there's one report that just came out today. I believe it indicates that on the west, the major West Coast cities, there's 120,000 people in total living on the streets, and there's another 60,000 uh, living in temporary shelter. So please go ahead. Um, I just wanted to add that we tried to get um, some specific information on how agencies were proposing to use the city fund funding request. So um, if they were requesting 70,000, 20,000 is for front desk staff, um, 40,000 is for case management, that type of information so that we can make a um, more informed choices, what we would support and what we cannot support was taken into consideration as well. Alderman McCain. Thank you very much. Um, Sarah, I was uh, very intrigued when you said that there was no business as usual, so you really got my attention. Um, and I want to ask more about um, your systems change, and I guess specifically um, um, when, when you said that no agency got exactly what they requested. What was the, what was the 
process of of these reductions? Are they were they weighted? I mean, do you and I and I'm not asking can you replicate it, but can you explain to us how your committee made those cuts? Was there um yeah, that's my question. How were how were those cuts determined? I'm sure it was very, very difficult to do, but what is the process of that? And is that something that would be going forward in terms of, uh, you mentioned the forward community investment, how we, how we do our funding. Mm -hmm. Could you speak more to that? Sure. Um, so going into, we had some general, um, we try to get understanding on what um, our community needs are, what, where is the biggest need in terms of like what is totally missing in our crisis response system. Um, is do we have too much money for prevention, the right sizing information as much as we could, we obtained those. Um, in the review and selection process, um, so cities um, review team um, consists of Jim, myself, Lynette Rhodes, and um, Deanne Caruther from um, CDD. Um, we also invited um, other major major funders, um, one person from United Way, one um, from Dane County Human Services, one from the um, Dane County, Madison Dane County COC Board of Directors, so that we can have better ideas on um, what they are planning to fund or what they are currently funding. So we looked at what our needs are, um, what, available, what are the available resources in Dane County totally. And then each um, review team member score the proposals based on the um, um, scoring criteria that we set out. Um, we average the scores. And in the review team um, meeting, at the review team meeting, we went over each of the scores and each proposal's merit why we might want to fund this project, um, and also, as I mentioned, um, specific request items so that we can make a better decision on, you know, how much to fund. Instead of just saying 40%, um, we said um, we would like to fund um, this case management um, position, but we um, probably cannot afford to fund um, the operating dollars or, you know, things of that nature. Can you add something, Jim? No, one one follow-up question. And the follow-up question was the, you introduced the concept, um, the, the concept paper, which was a one-pager. This is the first time you've done that. How did that help the process for? Sure. Um, <clears throat> we did not make it mandatory this time because it was the first time doing it. Um, there was a mention about um, that in the FCI study to have a pre-application process, um, which would um, communicate our intention of system change to the providers ahead of time. And when they um, submitted something very simple, we were able to say, um, this falls into our strategy three. Um, you might want to think about um, making a proposal um, to be consistent with the coordinated entry concept that we have um, so that we can provide some more um, feedback up front and to get a better final product um, in terms of proposals. 
Um, I think that's one of the main reasons that we got such strong proposals this time. Um, people were able to think about it um, and incorporate the comments that staff provided. Further questions? Alderman Revere. Thank you, Mayor. Um, my questions were mostly all asked and answered already. I, I do certainly want to congratulate you, Sarah, and, and Jim, and the rest of your, your team for um, the good work on this. My only question is a process one, uh, following up on the B-list question, and that, that is, did the CDBG committee actually formally, through a motion, adopt a B-list? Or, Jim, when you were articulating the B-list, is this just something that, that the staff uh, would suggest? Uh, the, the CDBG was not asked, nor did they um, entertain a, a conversation of, a, about a specific B-list. Um, to some degree, that was um, in response to comments that we made to them, which is that um, though these processes in the past have been completed um, on the front end of the city's budget-making process, um, they come a little bit later on. And um, as we had no indication to, um, to expect that there would be additional funds for Homeless services, we didn't. Um, um, we 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 chose not to address a B list, and um, I think the other the other point that was discussed at CDBG was the fact that uh, there had been um, fairly significant increases in in city spending, city commitments to homeless services in the form of that $170,000 provided in 2017 for street outreach services and 50,000 for um, rental housing services and um, what appears to be the possibility of a significant increase in, in funding commitments to the Beacon. I appreciate that. So, so to clarify, not a single member of the CDBG committee asked staff about a B-list during your deliberations or else? No, I think uh, the, the issue came up. The issue came up um, and I responded to uh, that committee much as I'm responding now. Um, they asked if we had um, generated a, a B list. We had not formally, though um, my colleagues in the back of the room um, indicated that that we certainly had given thought to how we would spend additional funds, but we, we chose not to put forward a formal B list. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you both. Any other questions? If not, we'll come to a vote. There's no discussion. Seeing none, all those in favor, aye. I oppose no. Motion carries. Motion to adjourn. Move adjournment. Is there a second? Second. All those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.